Jess Corcoran and I'm Laura McCann. Welcome to the Thriving While 9 to 5 in podcast. Hi everybody, welcome to episode 18 of the podcast. We normally do highs and lows but it's a bit different this week so um I suppose I'll hand over to Laura to explain. Yeah, so we are going to switch it up a little bit for this episode. Um, Jess is going to explain a bit more about that in detail after we've done the interview. Um, But we do want to share the interview that we did recently with Agnes. Um, She's doing a ton of incredible work around um, the One Global initiative and also looking at um covid vaccine equality and all this kind of just amazing things that are affecting our world right now and you absolutely needs to be brought to attention um i had a fantastic chat with her um the other week that we just want to share with you um and yeah if you do have any questions or anything like that off the back of it please get in touch as usual um and if you want to get involved agnes listen to the end of the interview basically because agnes does tell you exactly how you can do that (laughs) So enjoy. So as you just mentioned, we've got Agnes with us this week. Super excited to talk to her. So thank you so much, Agnes, for joining us. Um, can we kick off with you just telling us a little bit about your work, both, you know, voluntary as well as paid work um, and maybe what you get up to in your free time? Absolutely. Thank you very much, Laura. So I'm a lawyer and I work in stakeholders representation. So what I do is mainly working with charities, grassroots movements, uh, small initiatives, a community level and representing them with local governments and authorities. And I also do uh, quite a bit of work with equality, diversity and inclusion. And so really advocating for these uh, principles and implementing those in different organizations, both in the private and public sector. I also do training for EDI, so equality, diversity and inclusion. And in my spare time, uh, I do like to study philosophy and uh, Sanskrit, but this is like a recent hobby of mine. Uh, but I do a lot of campaigning. And one of the things that I do is actually uh, campaigning with the one campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm a one UK youth ambassador uh, since the beginning of 2021. Okay, wow. It sounds like you do a lot of variety of things that are ultimately all for the greater good and sounds really, really interesting. Um, can you tell us a bit more about the, the One UK Ambassador Programme? Yeah, absolutely. So as I said, I started in uh, 2021 and uh, this is actually my second year. I just started uh, with the second year of campaigning with the organization. Uh, From an ambassador perspective, it's very interesting because with the one campaign, volunteering does not imply fundraising. It's really about promoting your ideals, uh, campaigns and causes you're passionate about. Uh, So what we do is really a lot of campaigning and possibly a little bit of stalking of our MPs and making sure that they join our campaigns and they really push these ideas forward mm-hmm. at parliamentary level, making sure that really our constituents are heard uh, because of what it comes down to. So we do a lot of work at community level, also with our neighbours, with our local communities, and it's really about amplifying petitions that are signed online. And there is a lot of work recently with uh, vaccination equity. Uh, maybe we can talk a little bit about that later. Uh, but we do attend uh, different events with different organizations. Uh, there have been ambassadors that are, they participated in COP26. 
recently for Valentine's Day, uh, we joined the Share the Love campaign with the Climate Coalition. Uh, so we did different pictures and uh, stunts, I would say, with different green arts, really to promote climate action and raise awareness among people. And one of the things uh, was actually participating in the Global Goals Week uh, mm -hmm. of the United Nations that this year happened in Dubai. Yeah, so I actually, for a bit of context to this, um, I follow Agnes on my sort of travel Instagram page. Um, so I initially saw that she was posting about going to Dubai and all this kind of stuff. And it just, your photos and videos and all that looked insane. Can you let us know a bit more about the event? Yeah, absolutely. It was incredible. I think there are many layers and many levels of how amazing it was. From a United Nations perspective, it was very interesting because it was the first year that they held um, the Global Schools Week outside New York. Um, it was also an incredible venue because the Global Schools Week uh, took place at the Expo. And this year, uh, the Expo is in Dubai. And obviously it was Dubai, so probably that's the pictures that you saw and why it was exciting and fun. Um, it was very interesting because uh, since the approval of the SDG, so the Sustainable Development Goals, that also called uh, Global Goals in a simpler way, um, there is a constant need for raising awareness and really engaging uh, people at different levels because it's not just about governments, it's not just about uh, high level leaders, it's mainly about the people also and making sure that everyone is part of this game, if you allow me. So the event was really about raising awareness uh, with global leaders, but also with people. Uh, the event was also live streamed on YouTube and it was a great way to involve more people, but also to reach people that probably will not sit at decision-making tables normally. Um, I guess it was also interesting because it really allowed more leaders at youth level and also a grassroots level to participate. For example, one of the one youth ambassadors from Kenya, uh, she couldn't attend because of the travel restrictions uh, because of the pandemic. So really live streaming it made it more accessible. And this was like a very interesting point, uh, especially for this year. But it was very interesting for us as we met other uh, advocates at the international level. And we also managed to speak with uh, leaders from the United Nations. And once again, why matters to us uh, to promote the global goals and to achieve a more sustainable world for everyone. Yeah, that sounds like such an insane opportunity. Um, like, do you have, how did you kind of feel around having to go and talk to, you know, UN leaders and all that? So we've spoken on the podcast previously, like for example, for me, I don't know what it is, but apparently when it comes to careers, I'm just destined to work with middle-aged men. Like that is how it's always been. My, you know, meetings are very often people of a different gender who are, you know, 10, 15 years older than me. And then of course you've gone and done that, albeit on a volunteer level, but on a global stage as well. Like, did you feel any intimidation? Like, how did you get the confidence to present? So the thing is, I guess naturally my natural character it's quite assertive so uh I'm a little bit like that and it's not a problem and actually while you were speaking you reminded me of like silly things that I used to do when I was a kid uh because I I, I always loved reading and 
uh, I used to just grab books and I was like four or five and just go to the park and read out loud to everyone. So it probably is a personal issue <laughs> and that. I would define it as an issue. Um, but I do it for work. So because I did manage before to uh, be part of different youth assemblies uh, with the United Nations, also with other organizations like UNESCO, DSM, uh, I did moderate some of those uh, assemblies. It's something that I got used to, if that makes sense. But mm -hmm. I think in this specific case, it was also very intimate uh, type of meeting. Uh, it was not a lot of people. Uh, probably in the room we were, I would say about 30 people, obviously because of COVID restrictions. So it was very intimate. And we really had a chance to approach uh, some people, for example, the UN Youth Envoy, and really talk in a friendly way which is very unusual and I understand it might be scary. Um, again, I never felt too scared. I think sometimes the pressure that I feel, um, and I guess I feel it especially because of the work that is behind me as an advocate, is am I saying things that matter to these people as well? Because I know that it matters to me and I know a lot of people they are very interested in sustainability, in the global goals. I think morally we can all agree that it's very important for us and for our development. But then at the same time, my objective is to convince global leaders that hear from literally everyone that they have to push these resolutions and different regulations forward. So I guess the pressure rather than really approaching them physically and started speaking is more am I really convincing you and yeah. am I going to say something that really makes you change your mind sometimes if you're not really convinced about certain policies yeah absolutely it's, it's getting that buy-in isn't it and I think you can as you say you try, you are using that word convinced which sounds quite harsh I think if you're not used to it but that's absolutely it you've just got to have you've got to back yourself and kind of also be able to put yourself in their shoes so you can return the conversation and get to the end goal, I imagine. Yeah, and I guess, to be honest, in the UK, we're also very, very lucky because as residents, as constituents, uh, we can talk to our MPs and they have an obligation to hear to us. Obviously, it's not the same at international level, but I guess coming from that perspective, it gives you that idea that your voice matters and to be honest, it is like that even at international level. If we think about it, possibly it's a long conversation. It goes to the roots of how governments uh, are created, how we created the idea of a state and a nation. But people are really what make uh, a country, a nation, and possibly our future. So it's really important, I guess, to use that power. Uh, I guess not everyone is suited for that. Yeah. Uh, also for like, you know, personal interest, it takes some time to just say, okay, I've, I'm done with my office work. I'm done with my nine to five and I'm just going to study again and start working again uh, for advocacy and campaigning. So probably it's not for everyone. And probably there are also personal characteristics that push you more or less to do things. And mm -hmm. also we all, we all have different interests, but I guess if you really want to use your voice and their power, I guess it's important for us as citizens to understand that we do have that power and we can really push forward different policies when it comes to sustainability, when it comes to the global goals, when it comes 
also to vaccination equity, for example. Yeah, I think, I, no, I couldn't agree with you more. It's it's the power of the people, isn't it? Like you, oh, what's that quote? It's going to do my head in now. Have you, have you seen or read V for Vendetta? And it's like government should, ah, uh, it's, I won't go into it, but it's a really great graphic novel if you ever want to look at anarchy in the UK. Um, <laughs> but there's, yeah, there's some, there's some quote, um, and off the top of my head, it's like, government should actually be afraid of their people. And I think, you know, you don't necessarily mean, it's not necessarily that intense, but it's a thing if you can kind of go, oh, well, they're the authority. We've, we've, vote, you know, in inverted commas, we've voted for them, this, that, the other, whereas actually, you know, yeah, your vote did matter. Your vote got to the place where you are and it still matters. Your voice hasn't hasn't been lost. Um, so it's really cool that you can kind of put that into a, a very obvious example of, no, it does work as long as you've got the passion behind it and make the time for it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I totally agree with you. And I think, at least from, from my personal view, because once again, I understood that like some people are just not interested in politics it's arguable, but we're not going to judge it uh, in, at this point in time. But for me, I also see it as a, probably as a community uh, duty, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that I'm very passionate about some policies. And I know that because of different reasons, um, I have the ability to be vocal about it and try to have an impact on my local community, uh, possibly also at a broader level. And I really see it as a responsibility because this is the world where I live and I really feel the responsibility of doing something if I don't like what I see. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I'm fully on board with that. Um, that it's great, yeah, it's great to hear that from you and great to see that you're doing something with that passion. Um, I was just wondering, like, so when you were obviously at the event and you're talking through different bits, now I imagine because it's a global event, in terms of those, you know, equality, diversity, inclusion boxes, and nationalities will have been ticked off fine, as you know, you had a range of nationalities there. But in terms of gender, did you find that there was an equal representation where possible? Were there any sort of issues that came up that you felt were skewed negatively, whether it had been women or men, or transgender people? This is very interesting, because Mm, I've, I've seen the difference growing up. So I guess I started going to different youth assemblies of the United Nations when I was 19. And usually the image when I started attending this uh, kind of events was the typical image that we, we have in our heads of uh, the typical old white middle-class man that is speaking to everyone. I have to say that at the United Nations, it's possibly a little bit better in that sense because there is geographical balance and geographical representation. So there is uh, policies in place at the United Nations and different international organizations that make sure that everyone geographically from different countries is represented. There is still a problem with women representation. I have to say probably at this specific time, we're very lucky because the UN Deputy Secretary General is a woman, yeah. is Amina Mohammed, and she's amazing. And also the UN Youth Envoy, uh, Jayatma Wikamanaya, she's also a woman. And yeah. it's amazing to see that two of the most important people uh, when you know, deciding policies for youth um, and for the United Nations are two women. 
and I have to say their speeches were very inspiring because they did touch upon the fact that they're women and women representation at the United Nations and in decision-making uh, environments, it's still an issue. Um, yeah. I guess it's interesting to see that women are part of the process and so actively really at leadership positions because one of the global goals is about equality and also gender equality. So I guess it would be uh, nonsensical in a way not to have women there. And Absolutely. Seeing them, yeah, seeing that two women um, were literally leading the game uh, was very inspiring. And, you know, possibly also gives that idea that it's normal to see women in those positions uh, because there is a lot of societal structures, misconceptions, and the fact that women are represented is very important. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. It is absolutely that thing of if you can see it, you can see yourself in it as well, isn't it? You know, as much as I have huge respect for male leaders that we've had, not all male leaders, put that caveat in there, but male leaders that we've ever had in the world and in this country, it's still just the when you're kind of a younger side of oh I've got a whole you know 30 year career ahead of me I can go and do anything it's amazing to see women doing it and just really helps you envisage that future for yourself I think yeah absolutely and it really gives you the idea that you own that space I think it's very important not only for us but also for young girls I think about teenagers yeah. and even girls in between like eight and ten years old they can see that there are women leaders internationally and also in the UK. And I guess it's very important because you possibly you don't think of yourself uh, just as things that you can see, uh, mm -hmm. but you can think of yourself as a UN Deputy Secretary General, which is pretty cool. It's really cool. <laughs> but yeah, so but obviously that's a massive positive thing on the side of um of female representation. But did you find, you know, in some of the issues perhaps that you were discussing, I know you've already mentioned like vaccine inequality and things like that. Is that just a case of, you know, different countries don't have their own vaccines, so they're waiting on other people to send theirs out, or is it actually a gendered issue as well? I guess it it will be. Uh, a gender issue because of the impact of the pandemic. So yeah. it's been shown by different organizations and studies that the pandemic affected women differently uh, and had a huge impact on women. So there is definitely a gender issue also when it comes to vaccination. Um, I guess, obviously, from our perspective in the UK, uh, it becomes an issue when we ord uh, vaccines and we don't allow uh, other countries to buy them. I think there is a huge problem when it comes to uh, vaccination equity in terms of we got three boosters in a very practical way and we don't have to use uh, data and uh, you know, high technological information uh, at political level to see it. Um, in the UK, if you want to, you can get a booster, you get three jabs, while in the majority of Africa, for example, in the entire continent, the majority of people didn't even receive their first job. So that is a huge issue. And obviously, it, it's even more impactful on women because there is already an impact due to the pandemic. Obviously, with vaccination equity, there is going to be even a greater impact 
on women. And for that reason, actually, uh, we're going to push forward our campaign uh, for vaccination equity. And we have two events uh, organized by the one campaign uh, next week, actually. Uh, so we will talk with different MPs. We will also handle a petition. And it's very interesting to see that the majority of people, so we go back to that idea of people making a country and people deciding for our common future. The majority of people, and if you want to be very specific, the data is 64% um, agrees that the UK should probably invest more uh, for COVAX. So it's the organization that redistributes uh, vaccine uh, and jabs like that are not used uh, rather than ordering them and uh, keeping extra jobs and shots uh, for UK citizens. Oh, that's really interesting. I, I like could have imagined there's an organisation that does that, but I didn't know that there was. Um, so no, great. Thank you for sharing that. And also sort of on those events, um, I mean, I 100% would like to get involved. So even if this is just a selfish question and no one else listening wants to get involved, that's fine. I'm going to ask. Um, <laughs> like, is there anything that, you know, we can do to support it? Are there petitions? Is there a sort of a charity setup that you can do financially or volunteer hours? How can people help? You can definitely support uh, by signing a petition. So okay. if you go on the website of the One Campaign, you can find the different petitions that are active at the moment, and you can sign all the petitions that uh, you are interested in and uh, that represent causes you care about. And I think one important thing is also amplifying that interest. I guess oftentimes it's very difficult if you don't know where to start how to find a petition and how to amplify your voice. Yeah. Uh, so in terms of those events, I guess the, the UK Youth Ambassadors, our job is really to take those petitions and communicate uh, to the MPs and also really advocating with them, uh, explaining why it matters to people, but we could all sign them. And it's so important to sign petitions collectively when you believe in those uh, causes and those principles so that, you know, it's, the total amount of the people that really makes a huge impact. So just to answer your, your question in a very practical way, uh, you can add to the One Campaign website um, and sign the, the petition for vaccination equity. There are also other petitions and I will also say if you're interested, and obviously this is uh, to anyone, you can share with your friends and families, the people in your circles, and you will have even a greater impact. Thank you so much for that, Agnes. As I say, it's I've learned loads and I'm sure other people have too. I really appreciate you giving your time for this. Um, we have been through quite a lot, which is fantastic. Um, and it's actually been really nice to talk to someone that I feel very on the same page with, um, which doesn't always happen in these things. Um, but because we have been through a lot, in terms, could you give that a bit of a summary and maybe sort of three key points that you just want people to take away from this about the cause, how they can get involved, anything like that? Absolutely. I would say, first of all, once again, uh, you can educate yourself. Just go to the One Campaign website and you can learn more about different campaigns, not only about vaccination equity, but also about preventable diseases, for example, because the One Campaign really started uh, to advocate uh, for the ending of preventable diseases. Um, and you can find the petitions that you align with. 
You can also share them with your friends, family, with your circles and really amplify those voices. So take part into uh, the different campaigns by signing petitions and also uh, by sharing uh, the messages of the campaigns. Another thing is definitely in the UK, if you're very lucky, um, because not in all countries, freedom of speech is so uh, free and accessible. So I would say probably understand your privilege and also understand what's the impact of your voice. Uh, we are very privileged and I think it's important to really understand it and use that privilege in a positive way uh, to make positive impact. Um, and so really understanding how our voice matter and how we can interact with our MPs and our representatives. And then lastly, I would say just have possibly a reality check. Uh, we are all very busy, um, very busy lives. I see it so much in London. Uh, just if you go on the tube, it's just like a practical physical example of how busy we are and how focused we are on our individual lives and you know just our circumstances if we're having a bad day or whatever and possibly we're all trying to make the effort of being more present and I'm definitely one of those people but then at the same time there is also a bigger picture and there is a white word and there is also a future that is much closer than we think um, and especially if we think about climate action and climate disasters we might think that, that these are things that happen to other people, uh, possibly are things that are going to happen in centuries, but uh, it's not like that. So probably a reality check of how we all um, play a role in this and how this is not about others, but it's really about us uh, individually and collectively. And so probably just realizing that if we want change and we want our future to be in a certain way, uh, we have to take some action. Amazing. Thank you so, so much for that, um, for all the information, for sharing your thoughts, um, for taking this time to do that with us. And also just thank you for the efforts that you do make. Like I have long been a, a person who says you can't complain if you don't attempt change and you are doing that to the max. So very much appreciated. Absolutely. And um, thank you very much, Laura. Well, thanks, Agnes, for that incredible interview, as Laura said earlier, loads for us to learn, loads of, um, yeah, really great points and, like, stuff everyone can get involved with as well. Um, so, yeah, podcast is a bit different this week because we've decided that this is the the last podcast, not just of, of the series, well, it is, will be the last podcast of this series, won't it, but um, probably forever, or if not, maybe a long while, I don't know, but... Um, no new podcast planned for the future. Um, we just need to need to take a bit of a break. It's my, I will say, it's my decision. <laughs> um, and we've we've loved doing the podcast, and it's been it's been great. We've we've both really enjoyed ourselves, haven't we, yeah. Laura? And you know, chatting with each other and chatting with all our, we've had some amazing guests. You know, like gotta say thank you so much to all our guests that have just come on to our little space on the internet to just have a chat with us um as you know particularly Ferdus um who was our first ever interview I always think back that that was quite a special moment for the podcast and when we had our interview we've had loads of other interviews since so we're so grateful and we're so grateful for everyone that's listened and you know fed back and gave us um 
lovely reviews and stuff like that and you know just commented on our instagram post when we've asked questions so yeah we've come we've come to the end of the road (laughs) for now anyway um so yeah i mean you can still um find laura on social media um at laura meets world one three again never forget it um and i don't know what we'll do with our instagram account um might might keep it might might deactivate it i don't know you might find us you might not but you can still keep up with laura um you can't find me sorry um you can find actually you can find me on twitter i'm on twitter at jesse corcoran and you can find me there and i do tweet quite regularly actually um so yeah i mean anything else you want to add laura i feel like i've just rambled a bit yeah no just a massive thank you to everybody who's been part of it this was like just a little baby that grew out of lockdown um and Mm -hmm. that's not the world we live in anymore so we just gotta flow with those times and change a bit um and it's one of those things where if anything in life is constant it is change so that is what it is that's our final quote to end on there we go um yeah thank you for everybody who's been supportive it has been it has been wonderful um and no we haven't had a major falling out we're not dropping off the face of the planet we are just no continuing in a different direction um and that's okay and that's exciting and we're all excited for the directions that you guys go into so absolutely as jess said you can still find us individually on twitter and instagram and please feel free Mm -hmm. to because we've learned to love this community a lot um yeah so thank you all for your time yeah okay thank you bye and thanks to bald and beardy for the production of this podcast